ELC Radio. Imagine with me for a moment what could be. Imagine a world where men lead in their marriages, where men lead in raising their children, where men lead in protecting those who are weak and oppressed. It is the most important journey you could possibly be on. Men of ELC, join us for Kingsman, the second Friday of each month at 7 p.m. Iron sharpens iron. God is going to cause you to change and he's going to cause you to take your promised land, but you got to quit looking for a get rich quick scheme. Come on, somebody. God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when he thinks about your life, he's not mad at you. The strongest people are people that understand togetherness. All throughout your life, you're on this journey to go from me to we. Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. turn in your Bibles right now to the book of Romans chapter 8. Book of Romans chapter 8. We've been starting a new series here called Ingredients for Miracles. And I want to continue in this because I believe the word of the Lord over our house right now is uh, God's going to do miracles in our lives. Uh, number one, he's already doing a miracle because, uh, as you know, about a month and a half, uh, we came, month and a half ago, we came before you and said, hey, listen, we got to raise this last $200,000. Let's not freak out. Let's simply do what God is asking us to do as a family. And up to this point right now, in just the last month and a half, we've raised already a fourth of that. So, uh, you know, it's not all of it yet, but progress is being made, and uh, we're excited about it, and uh, I, I believe that God, I already know, we don't have a plan B, so God is going to do this. Amen? Are you with me on that? But here's the thing. He's not only going to do it for the house, he's going to do something for you when you obey the Lord. And, and we're talking about uh, miracles here. I don't know what it is you need in your life. Maybe you would like to get a house, but your credit is not so good. Maybe they've told you you don't qualify, you don't make enough. Uh, it's impossible for you to get your own home. Uh, but impossible things is where miracles thrive. Let me put it to you like this. Uh, the impossible triggers the anointing. We need impossible situations, and, and we're going to get into that. We talked a little bit about this last week, uh, and I tell you what, we need miracles right now in, in, the, in the world we live in. Uh, we live in a crazy time right now. Amen. Anybody paying attention to social media? It was a crazy week. Within church news, we had a, a, a person that was a well-known pastor for many years get up and blast uh, women preachers, and he talked about Beth Moore and 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 Paula White and some of these uh, women pastors that are out there, and he made some statements uh, saying there should not be any women preachers, and uh, they should all just go home, and it was a big thing on social media. Then you had Christians answering back, and how dare he say all this, and da-da-da, and let me just clear this up for us as a church. We do believe in women pastors and ministers, amen? The reason we do is because it says so in the Word of God. Did you know 
that the first evangelist in the word of God after Jesus died on the cross was a woman? The first person that saw that Jesus was, had raised from the dead was a woman. And the angel said, go and tell everybody. And then we also see that there were women apostles in the New Testament. When you read the book of Acts, uh, so it's just it's foolishness that in 2019, they're still having this conversation. But that's how crazy it is right now in the world. Then you got what's happened this week. The number one album in the country is Jesus is King. Guys, the number one album in the country is Jesus is King. And it gets even weirder by Kanye West. Uh, 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 we live in some crazy times. By the, by the way, the album is fire. Uh, make sure, listen, make sure you go on uh, uh, to the, the, uh, the app or the radio show that we do, uh, That Next Level. It uh, drops at midnight tonight. We stopped everything and we did a whole play-by-play on the album because there's Christians that are mad that somebody's lifting up the name of Jesus. If you're born again, that should never make you upset. It's crazy to me. We live in a crazy world. And Christians are upset. Well, you know, it's Kanye. Well, it doesn't matter who it is if they're lifting up the name of Jesus. Yeah, but he's not perfect. Neither are you. Neither am I. So we, we, we got into some stuff on this thing. So I invited Jesse on the podcast, and we got the conversation about it. So check that out. It drops at midnight, and then you can also hear the album on there. Because uh, I wanted to just really bring some clarity on our stance of what's going on in the world. Because, man, you get on social media, everybody's got their opinion. Everybody's got negative critiques about this. Should there be women pastors? Should, why is this guy making an album? Listen, just be happy somebody's lifting up the name of Jesus. You know, I used to say, because I'm a music fan, I used to say, man, I wish, you know, I was into Run DMC, Mondo. We used to say, man, wouldn't it be great if Run DMC got saved and started putting out music? I, was a, I used to love Michael Jackson, you know, before the documentary came out. Ugh. Whole nother thing right there. But I used to love, I used to say, man, wouldn't it be great if Michael Jackson gave his life to Jesus and started making Christian music? And now here we got Kanye West gives his life to Jesus and is making music for the Lord, and people are mad. We live in a crazy world, amen? And that's why we need miracles, amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now that no matter what's going on in the world, your word is an anchor to our soul. It keeps us, Lord, centered with heaven, and it keeps us from being tossed left and right. Lord, like the parable talks about, we build our house upon the rock, not upon the sand, the sand that is blown away through the storms and through the wind. We put our lives on you. And we ask right now, Father God, that you would open up our hearts to the word of God so that we could see miracles are ours. They're the children's bread, Father, and they're for us. And that when we face impossible situations, Lord, we are simply positioned to see a miracle in our life. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 19. We started here last week. It says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly await for the revealing of the sons of God. And we're starting here because Paul is making it very clear that there are times when you suffer in this present time. How many of y'all have ever had some suffering in your present time? Amen. If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. Praise the Lord. Amen. We'll pray for you later. We all suffer. Life, there's suffering in life. Amen. And it's amazing to me in my almost 30 years of ministry how Christians react or respond when things don't work for us the way we want them to work. We've got to be real careful for this. And what this tells me many times is that we're not prepared to go up against impossible things. 
And so many times what begins to happen is Christians reach a hard time and they back up and leave the Lord. But we have to take some notes from the world. And we have to take notes sometimes from how, uh, what I mean by that is, 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 is take some lessons from how certain things work in the world. Not saying we learn from the world, but we look at some things like the military. Now, the military, uh, whether it's the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force, the Army, their job when they take in a recruit is to prepare that soldier, get ready now, for the worst possible conditions and then teach them how to be victorious over the worst possible conditions. And if those generals and if those sergeants do their jobs right, when soldiers find themselves in combat, they don't freak out. They rise to the occasion. Can I get an amen? Amen. Some of my military folks in here, you know what I'm talking about. So when things break out, those soldiers, listen, that have been trained and prepared accordingly are ready for what's ahead. You want to know what I find? I find that churches, many times, we don't do our job in preparing you for what's ahead. And so we many times spend time talking about good, 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 blessing, 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 That when we receive something that is not a blessing, we don't know what to do. And that's why you got to read your Bible. Tell your neighbor, read your Bible. Because God is going to give you the truth no matter what. Because when you read the Bible, what you're going to find is somebody like Apostle Paul, who found himself right in the center of God's will, he went through some suffering, y'all. Somebody like Jesus, who we're supposed to follow who was right smack dab in the will of God, had to go through some suffering. We've many times been taught that if you're in the will of God, everything's going to be okay. It's all going to be roses. But let me tell you something. That's not what's in the word of God. What's in the word of God is this. In this world, Jesus said, you will have trials. In this world, you will have seasons that get tough. In this world. Jesus said that. Now, what my job is to do is to help prepare you so that when things don't work out the way that you want, you don't freak out, cave in and quit. Some of us in here thought you'd be married by now. Didn't work out the way you thought. But you know what? You're going to be all right. Tell your neighbor you're going to be all right. Some of us thought we would own a house by now and we would be more financially stable by now, but it hasn't worked out like that. And many times when we run up against things like that, we start questioning, where is God? This thing ain't working. What the, what's going on? I thought my life would be better. It's not better. It's actually worse. And we get into all this, 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 this thing that takes you down a dark path and a dark hole and gets you away from the promises of God. You know why that happens? Because people aren't prepared for tough times. So Paul said this, follow me as I follow Christ. If I follow Paul, I see that he went through some suffering. You're going to go through some suffering. I also know that as he followed Christ, Christ went through some suffering. We're going to go through some suffering. But let's not be dismayed because the Bible says this. Whatever you go through is nothing compared to the glory that's on the other side. It's nothing compared to the glory on the other side if you can if you cannot give up. That's the big thing. If you don't give up. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Trying to get you a friend. That's why I'm having you talk to people today. (laughs) People saying, why, Pastor, always tell me to tell my neighbor. I'm trying to get you to make a friend. Amen? (laughs) You need friends in your life. Praise God. So so we're going to have these times, all right? So look at Romans chapter 8, 18 through 19 in the Passion Translation. It says this, I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of the glory that's about to be unveiled within us. Isn't this the case with marriage? Now, don't amen me too strong here, okay? But most people have an image of marriage that is just not true. 
Can you do me a favor? If you don't remember anything else, remember this. The fantasy is always better than the reality. I want you to remember that. The fantasy is always better than the reality. So we got single people. You're just like, ah, I just can't wait for the Lord to send me somebody. And you just have pictures of walking by lakes and, 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 and having picnics. And, and uh, uh, you, have, you have all these pictures of, you know, uh, incredible lovemaking sessions. And, and uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I'll leave it at that. You have these these pictures of, you know, having these incredible family dinners and all the kids are behaved. But the reality, come on, somebody, it's a little different. It's a little different. For some of us, it's a little bit. For some of us, it's way different. Because the fantasy is always going to be greater than the reality. So we need to prepare for this. So what begins to happen is people get married on an expectation that's just fantasy. And then when they deal with some difficulties, they want to give up. I want to leave this person. I picked the wrong one. I made a huge mistake. No, you just weren't prepared properly for what marriage is about. Are you guys with me today? So think about this. We get a new job. Everybody tells you, oh, my, this job is awesome. Oh, you're all excited about the new job and you got fantasies of the new job. Like you're going to go to a new job and everybody's nice. Where's that at? That job don't exist. People are people. You got, you know, oh, my, my boss is so cool. Yeah, you've been there a week. See what he's like when there's stress on him. They were not prepared for tough stuff. And then it gets tough, and well, we want to quit. My boss is a jerk. So? Is he paying you? Yeah, but I don't like working for him. Listen, that's why it's called work. That's why they got to pay you to be there. If it was awesome and beautiful, they wouldn't pay you to be there. People would just show up and do the job. But it's tough. It's got challenges. Are you with me today? So what I got to get inside of you as a believer, that everything is not going to be roses. You can't freak out when things get tough. Can I get a good strong amen on that? Now, Romans chapter 8, 27 through 28 says this. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know this. Listen to this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. All right? All things will work together for good. All means all. All means all. The worst situation in your life, God could turn it around and it can work something great for you. We talked about this. We've seen tremendous pain. In, in people's lives, they get saved. They now use that pain of abuse, of rape, of a bad situation to now help others be elevated in their life. Now, God doesn't cause those things, but he can turn it for your good. Amen. You're on the winning team. I like what it says in the Passion Translation, verse 28 there. It says this, every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. In other words, that word woven is, is, means tied together or mixed together. And as I said last week, kind of like a recipe. Your life is the result of experiences good and bad, but in the Lord's hands, he creates something beautiful. Amen? There's good and bad experiences in all of our lives. Nobody has it all perfect. Amen? I don't care if you were raised in a millionaire's home, it ain't all perfect. I don't care if you were raised in the hood, it ain't all perfect. Everybody has good and bad experiences. But here's the difference maker for you and I. God takes our good and bad experiences and he mixes it together like a recipe to create something amazing. And as we start talking about last week, when you look at recipes and you start breaking down what are in the things that we like, like cookies. How many of y'all like cookies? 
Nobody like cookies? Everybody's on a diet? Or we just rebellious to that? I ain't raising my hand. Everybody likes cookies. But you know what's in cookies? Baking soda. Baking soda don't taste good. There ain't a single one of you going home today going, man, I, I'm hungry. Oh, we got some Arm & Hammer in the fridge. You get a spoonful of that. Nobody's doing that. You know what else can be in cookies? Something like vanilla extract. Nobody's just going home down in a bottle of vanilla extract. It's nasty by itself. There's all sorts of ingredients like cocoa powder. It's not quick, y'all. I told you my story last week. I thought it was quick as a kid and went in there and got me a spoonful. And it don't, there's no sugar in it. There's no sweetness to it. Sugar added to it makes it amazing. All these ingredients are bitter by themselves. Kind of like some of the experiences in your life. That divorce, that hurt. It was bitter. It almost killed you. But in the hands of God, it could be made into something amazing. Your life's not over. Amen? You know, losing a loved one, man, that's a horrible thing. It's horrible by itself. But you know, God can produce something great even out of death. Maybe that experience awakens you to the peril of what others are dealing with in loss. We had a friend uh, a few weeks back, uh, somebody that Tina came up with uh, in her early days, and they have a, their pastors, they have a 17-year-old uh, son who had acquired his flying license, his pilot's license. And he's been flying these Cessna planes all over. Well, uh, a couple weeks back, uh, he, he crashed the plane and died in, a, in, a, in, that, in that accident. Now, did God cause that? No. But can God bring something through that that can be a blessing? Yes, he can. He can. Well, how, Pastor, how? Man, talk to him about it. I'm just reading the word. Amen. Because to be honest with you, I don't know how he does sometimes. I don't. But I know his word tells me if I'll put all my experiences in his hands, all things will work together for good. Even things he didn't cause, even things the enemy meant to destroy me, God could turn it around for good. So it's in, we're calling this series Ingredients for Miracles because you need to know everybody wants a miracle just like everybody wants a cookie. And everybody does want a cookie. If we was handing them out right here, most everybody would take one. Well, God, everybody wants a miracle, but doesn't nobody want to understand what goes into a miracle? So baking soda, all these things, cocoa powder, vanilla extract, they even put lemon peel, which is called lemon zest, in things like cakes and stuff. You would never eat a lemon peel on its own but mixed together with other ingredients. Now, what are the other ingredients? Other ingredients are obvious. Flour, sugar, cream, eggs, all those things. We'd go, yeah, that goes in a cookie. Yeah, that goes in a piece of cake. No problem. In the same way, there are certain ingredients that are obvious in producing miracles in your life, like faith, like hope, prayer, confession. We know all those things, but what we're talking about here is the ingredients that you would never foresee that are a part of getting that miracle in your life. And last week we started with the first one being impossible situations. You must have an impossible situation for a miracle to take place. Let me say that again. You must have an impossible situation for a miracle to take place. Now, why is this important for you to know? So you don't freak out when you face an impossible situation. All it is, is the first ingredient to trigger the anointing to bring miracles into your life. Let me give you an example. You serve God, you go to church, but you go to the doctor. The doctor sits you down and he says this, I'm so sorry to inform you, but you have cancer. We know that there's no cure for cancer right now. That seems like an impossible situation. Somebody that doesn't know God crumbles at that. It's over. I don't know what I'm going to do. But my desire is 
that the disciples that come out of Elevate Life Church will understand this word and they will go, wow, that's an impossible report. But it's also the first ingredient that I need to see God do a miracle. As some of you in here might have gotten impossible diagnoses that say, hey, you know, you got diabetes and you're going to have this the rest of your life. And, you know, you got this problem and you got that problem. You'll never play sports again. You'll never walk again. Those are impossible, possible situations. We don't like to hear that. But what I'm here to tell you is this. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Why? Because God is a God who does miracles. But you got to have some impossible situations. Amen? Amen? But what do Christians do? We go back. We shake our fist at God. Where are you? I'm in an impossible situation. Don't make no sense. Soldiers don't do that. All of a sudden, combat breaks out and they're mad at their general. Why are they shooting at us? The general goes, dude, we've been training you in boot camp. For months, for this. So you know what they do? They go right into battle to dominate, to conquer. Even at the price of losing their life. Guys, do you realize that? Even at the price of losing their life, they'll go with their training above what they see. Gosh, this is what I want to produce in this house. That even at the risk of not getting your miracle, you'll die believing for your miracle. You'll die believing God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. I remember hearing the stories. Uh, many of you know Pastor Charles's wife passed away a few years ago, and uh, she was a woman that healing flowed out of her hands. Her ministry was known for laying hands on the sick, and they recovered. Then she got a, she got a, 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 a report of cancer in her body. And, man, they believed for a miracle. They believed for a miracle. She passed away all the while believing that God was going to heal her. You know what that is? That's a soldier. That's a soldier that goes into battle believing he's going to win. Now, I don't know why she didn't get her miracle. That's not for me to decide. What it is for me to do is keep on believing and in the face of those things. Can I get an amen? amen? Soldiers realize in combat they could die, but they go into it believing they'll live and believing they'll accomplish their mission. Guys, this is what I want to put in you because you know why? You're going to face some impossible situations. You don't got to believe for them. You don't got to. I don't want to create expectations in you. But when they come, you've got to understand it's not the end all be all. Amen. You've got to see the other side of that thing. And so we've got to understand we've got to have a better outlook on impossible situations. What is it in your life that seems impossible? Well, let's bring it home. Maybe you have an addiction that you have not been able to beat. The facts tell you it's impossible. You're in a 10-year cycle. Nothing's changed. You ain't never getting out of that. Looks impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. It may seem like I ain't never getting married. I ain't never getting a house. You go to the bank and they say, oh, sorry, you don't qualify. It looks impossible. But understand this, that's only the first ingredient. Don't stop with that. Amen. What do we got to do? We've got to look at our lives. And all of you here are examples of impossible situations. The fact that you're in church today. Come on, somebody. If you went back 10 years, people wouldn't believe that you're a Christian. People go, what? You in church? What? Man, if you knew me in my high school years, you would not think I'd be up here holding a microphone. I know it blows my dad's mind all the time. He's like, Dad, how did that happen? I know it does because I know where I came from. It is a miracle that I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's a miracle that you're serving God. Don't look at me all holy. Some of y'all in the club. Smoking out. On that Hennessy. I'm feeling it in my spirit. Somebody right over here. No, 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 no. People got scared. Jesus, save me. Listen, we all got a past. We all have something that we shouldn't be here today. But you know what? A miracle took place. And usually a miracle takes place in an impossible situation. What was the impossible situation? You're tired of living the way you were, gonna, you were living. You knew you couldn't change it on your own. So you come to Christ. 
You know, I talked to you last week. Go listen to the podcast about financial breakthroughs in my life that have happened because I took uh, an impossible situation, impossible ingredient, and mixed it with something called faith. Right? It takes faith. What is faith? Faith is acting on God's word. So when you're in an impossible situation, you got to look for an ingredient that goes with it. Right? you got to look for something that goes with it. And what goes with an impossible situation? Acting on God's word. So it's not enough to get a bad report from the doctor. He says, you got cancer, and you go, okay, I'm going to be all right. God's going to take care of me. No, you need a little something else. All right? That's the first part, because faith is also believing and speaking. But you need to go a little deeper. Okay, God, this is what they're saying. What are you saying, and what do I do about what you're saying? That's what you do. But this is where we lose people because people don't want to do nothing. You know what all Christians want to do? They want to sit in the pew and hear a word. They want to come to church, raise our hands, and sing nice songs. But if you're going to get some miracles, guess what? you got to get involved. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to give. You're going to have to serve. You're going to have to sacrifice. we got to do those things to activate miracles in our life when we're faced with impossibilities. So we mix impossible situations with faith acting on God's word. We see this with Moses in the Red Sea. Moses leads a million people out into the desert. They come up to the Red Sea. It looks impossible. Pharaoh's chasing him with all his chariots, all his weapons. Moses is like, God, what am I going to do? What does he do? He looks for the word of the Lord. And what does the word tell him? Tells him to lift his staff and he parts the Red Sea. But guess what Moses had to do? He had to take effort and lift his staff. You got to do something. Tell your neighbor, you got to do something. People don't give, they don't tithe, they don't serve, and they want miracles. You got to do something. Amen? You got you to you get involved in this. When you look at the gifts of the Spirit, when it talks about all the, di- all the different gifts, there's only one gift that's called the working of miracles. It doesn't say the gift of miracles. It says the gift of the working of miracles. It means this, you got to get involved because God is your father. And any father, a good father, will wants to teach his kids how to do life, not just provide life for them. We need to learn this in America because there are parents and fathers that are more concerned about giving their kids things rather than teaching their kids how to get things. So a father will work 70 hours a week and say, I'm just trying to make my kids' lives better than mine. But what you really should be doing is spending more time with your kids and giving them less things, but giving them more of you. That'll preach on its own right there. So we see these things. David faces Goliath. He gets a word, he takes what he knows, gets the, he, he gets his slingshot and five stones and he defeats an impossible situation. Guys, all I'm saying is this. I don't know what's going to come your way, but don't freak out. Simply mix an impossible situation with God's word. We're doing this as a church. We got some impossible news this summer when the, this county came back to us after a year of trying to get a permit to build four walls and three doors. They come to us and say, oh, well, now you got to put in sprinklers and it's going to cost this amount of money. Guys, my spirit was crushed. Why? Because it seemed impossible. This was our Red Sea. It's like, what are we going to do? And then my wife and I got a word. And the word was this. Go before the people, inform the people to do what the Lord tells them to do. And I'm going to bring in the money to be able to do this. Guys, we're doing this right now. And at the end of the day, at the end of when this thing is all over, we're going to see God do an impossible situation because you and I used faith. We acted on what God's word said. Are you with me? Guys, this is real stuff. I don't know what's going to befall your marriage. I don't know what's going to come up against your kids. Don't shake your fist at God. Look around for God's provision in those impossible situations. Mix that impossible situation with God's word. All right. Number two, get ready. The second ingredient that you need for a miracle. All right. The second ingredient you're going to need is a dark season. A dark season. These are the things we don't like. 
And the reason we don't like them is because we don't know what to do with them. Dark seasons. Why are dark seasons uh, important for miracles? Is because most of the times we need to be brought to our knees and only a dark season can do that. Guys, do you realize when everything's going good in your life, most of us will pray less? When everything's going good in your life, nobody's trying to come to church. I mean, it's sad. It's sad for a lot of people. When you're getting everything you want and you're straight, most people will loosen their grip on God. It's true. Happens all the time. But when you're in a dark season and you need answers and you're depressed, if you're born again, it'll drive you to your knees. It'll drive you to your knees like never before. We've been working with addicts and things, and Willard's been uh, kind of educating me on some things, and they'll, they'll tell you in Al- Alcohol- uh, Al- Alcoholics Anonymous and different programs, Celebrate Recovery, that there will be some people you cannot reach until they hit rock bottom. When they get in that dark season, God can pull them out. Some of us have been through dark seasons, and we haven't known how to respond properly. Some of us are in a dark season right now, and you're not responding properly. You're smoking weed. Listen, that's going to ease you up for a little while, but the problem ain't going nowhere. Yeah, but pastor, it eases my, 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 my nerves and it helps mellow me out. It centers me, Lord. You know, it centers me. I try to make it all deep. It centers me. Okay, it might do that for a little bit. Might do that for a little bit, but they ain't doing nothing for the problem. So we got to know what to do with a dark season. Some of the most amazing things have happened in my life after a dark season. It wasn't fun going through it. I remember when we were in Gainesville, Florida. We were pastoring over there. Everything was going good around us. We had a church. Uh, we, we planted a church right outside of the university there. I've told you guys so many times. I had season tickets to the Gators football and basketball. Everything was great. We had great relationships. My son was in a private school. We lived in a gated community. Uh, We had two cars, a nice house. But all of a sudden, I entered this dark season. I was depressed. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. Something was missing. I went to my wife. I said, babe, I don't know what it is. Pray for me. I just have this heaviness over me. Like something's not right. And that little season there drove me to start fasting. I started praying more. I started seeking God. I started saying, God, what is this thing? What is this thing? And it was tough. I mean, it was literally a borderline depression, not a depression that was destructive, pointing me towards uh, 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 killing myself or anything like that, but just a heaviness where I couldn't enjoy life. Something had to shift. And so here's what believers do. Y'all ready? Here's what believers do when we face that kind of combat. Can I help you today? Tell your neighbor he's getting ready to help you. We turn towards God. We turn towards God. And I want you to understand from this day forward, when I'm in a dark season, it's simply an ingredient for God to do something miraculous in my life. So what do I mix a dark season with? Y'all ready? What do I mix a dark season with? I got to mix a dark season with prayer and godly counsel. You got to catch this today. Prayer and godly counsel. Depression is gripping America like never before. People are killing themselves, guys. A pastor, we keep hearing about it, pastors are committing suicide because of depression. Children are killing themselves. It's happening all over the nation right now. It's happening amongst Christians. But my prayer is this, it stops happening with us if we learn what to do in a dark season. Listen, dark seasons come. Anybody that's ever had a child and had to deal with postpartum, it's a dark season. It could be very real. Anybody that's ever been through abuse and deals with with depression, it's a dark season. 
But here's our biggest problem. We don't respond right when the dark season comes. What you need to do in a dark season is pray. Tell your neighbor, pray. And people say, oh, come on, pastor. What's, what's that going to do? A lot. A lot. The answer comes through prayer. But it don't stop with prayer. The second ingredient you need to get out of a dark season is godly counsel. You need to listen to somebody who's not in your season. Oh, you need to catch this today. Because you know what we like to do? We like to get around everybody that's just like us. And we like to call these sessions venting sessions. And we're going to get all the mad single people together, all the men haters together, and we're just going to, we're just going to huddle together, and we're just going to just, girl, I know, he's stupid. Men are stupid. Why do we need that? And da-da-da. We're going we're gonna to all be in this dark season together. And wrong answer. You know what you need? Godly counsel. Because everybody in that little dark circle that you kick it with can't get you out of that season. They can't get you. But you know what they'll give you? And this is what we talked about uh, in the last series. They'll give you comfort. And doesn't comfort feel so good? Oh, boo, it's okay. I know how it is. It's all right. You didn't deserve that. And we give comfort, comfort, comfort. But comfort cannot get you out of that season. Amen? It's kind of like an eagle when it teaches his, his, his uh, eaglets to leave the nest. You know what an eagle does? It starts bringing thorns into the nest. And so that little, that little eaglet's all comfortable in the nest. It's all kicking it, you know, watching TV, playing video games, you know, just in the nest. And, and then guess what happens? The, the, the mama eaglet goes out. She starts putting thorns up in there. And pretty soon that eaglet's like, man, this, I don't like it here. And he starts, you know, getting up a little bit. And once that little, little eaglet's up, the mom will push him out the nest. Some of y'all need to push your eaglets out the nest. Oh, that's a word for somebody. You laughing, but that's a word. But you know what we want to do? We just want to stay comfortable. So guess what is the most uncomfortable thing in a dark season? Asking for help. Asking for help getting some counsel. Oh, that's so uncomfortable for two reasons. Number one, you got to expose yourself. What are you exposing? I'm struggling. I ain't got it all together. I'm in a dark season. Can I just tell you something? This is going to help you. This will change your life if you get it. Y'all ready for this? One person's ready. The rest of y'all, at least you're honest. Well, Pastor, I don't even know if I'm going to like what you're saying. So, you know, I appreciate that. All right, I'm going to keep going to give it to you anyway. You've got to understand, y'all. You've got to understand. It could be the most hardest thing to do to expose yourself. But here it is. Ready? Get over yourself. Just get over it. You're not perfect. Look at your neighbor and look him in the eyes. I know it's uncomfortable. And say, you are not perfect. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him, eh? Tell him, eh? Didn't that kind of feel good? That kind of feels good. Kind of feels good. But now do this. This will feel even better. Look at that same person in the eyes. Don't be creepy about it. Just trying to help somebody here. Now tell them this. I don't have it all together. We got somebody leaving, leaving the church right now. There she go. I'm out of here. This ain't the church for me. This is not the church for me. That's all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> no, it's just Jessica. Sorry. Guys, we just got to get over this thing. Can we just get over this thing? Listen, the government is spending so much money to just try to get that uh, idea into community where they're saying we've got to get people on a better uh, conversation level to talk about mental illness. 
They're spending money for that. Let's fix all that for us right here. Let's just get over ourselves. You don't have it all together. Can I help you another level? Married couples, your marriage ain't perfect. Can I? Hey, it ain't. Let me help you. My marriage ain't perfect. I got to deal with Tina's stuff all the time. I'm going to leave it at that. No, no, no. She got to deal with me, too. She got to deal with me, too. Guys, it's seriously, man, we ain't got it all together. You don't got it all together. You're in a dark season. You got to do something, man. You got to get uncomfortable. You need to pray. You need to get some godly counsel. People are killing themselves because they'd rather do that than get some help. That's the, that's the height of pride. Man, when you are so proud that you can't get help, pride will kill you. And it is killing people. A dark season is an ingredient for God to do something amazing. But you've got to, number one, pray. Number two, you've got to get godly counsel. Not counsel from your ungodly tia. Godly counsel. Someone that knows Jesus. Amen? And get ready because you know what? They're going to tell you something you don't want to hear. So you got to make a decision. Do I want to stay in a dark season? Or do I want to get counsel that's going to hurt me a little bit? Because here's the problem. Most of us know how to get out of the dark season. We just don't want to do what we know we should do. I learned something a long time ago, and that's this. Do hard stuff. Get in the habit of doing hard stuff. Amen? That's a word for you right there. That's also a good T-shirt. Do hard stuff. It's hard. I remember the first time we went to marriage counseling. Man, I was, I was like sweating. I was like all nervous. Like, oh, man, you know, I got to go to marriage. I don't know. And I look back on it now, it's so dumb. Like, yeah, I need help. What's the big deal? Like, yeah, I don't know how to have a good marriage. Why is that such a, a big thing? Amen? It should be like, man, I got some sense. I'm getting some help because I don't know what I'm doing. Right? We got we to gotta adjust this thing or else you're going to stay in this dark season that you're in. A dark season should be a time of revealing for you. That's what I found it to be in my life. But here, let's go back to the first part. I don't want to. I want to. I wanted to hit that area there of of uh, of uh, godly counsel. But let's talk about prayer for a minute. It's amazing to me Christians don't know how to pray. Pray them headache prayers, right? Pray those prayers where they're weak. They don't go nowhere. They don't. My my Thea used to say, "You pray prayers that don't go past the ceiling." It just boom hit the floor. we got to understand something about what the Word of God talks about with prayer. Your greatest weapon in prayer is the Holy Spirit. Something in America churches don't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about it. Churches in America, they don't even many times acknowledge the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. Listen, you're in a dark season. You better get some Holy Spirit prayer in your life. What is, you know, prayer in other tongues, that's weird. It's no weirder than anything else going on in life. It's no weirder than anything else going on in your life. There's a lot of weird stuff in your life. And you worried about tongues? You say crazy stuff out of your mouth all the time. <laughs> and you worried about tongues? You worried about a little shanda rabakata? Oh, that's weird. No, what's weird is a woman quoting lyrics from a nasty song that degrades women and limits them into simply booty shakers and pleasure fulfillers. I call that weird. I'll take Shando Rabakata Bosa over you trying to say, I'm a strong woman, but you quote nasty lyrics about women. That's weird. I got real quiet in this Baptist church today. See, you see what I'm talking about? We're weirded out over the wrong things. We're weirded out over the wrong things. 
We'll, we'll, we'll bump things in our ears that just are offensive towards God. We'll quote lyrics. We'll watch shows. We'll go places that are destructive and then have a hard time with, oh, I went to church and they were praying in tongues and they were laying hands. People were falling out. Oh, my gosh, that's weird. No, you're weird. <laughs> because we want supernatural, but we don't want to not understand everything. So guess what? You're going to stay in a dark season for a very long time because I've been in dark seasons where the only things that got me through was praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen, I was single for eight years. I don't know why I keep hitting the singles. Singles are trying to help you, but I got to hurt you to help you. Come on. And in those eight years, all my friends were getting married, going out, getting girlfriends. And I was at home making a grilled cheese. I'd have to stop and just pray in tongues and say, God, I thank you that my promise is coming and she's going to be worth me keeping myself holy. She's going to worth, be worth me not sleeping with nobody else. She's going to be worth this sacrifice. And Lord, I do this as unto you. And I would just pray in tongues. Now listen, if you can't do that, we need to pray for you after service if you want it. Because God ain't never going to make anybody have something that they don't want. But you know what the Bible tells us about praying in other tongues? It's the perfect prayer. That even though our minds don't understand what is being said, the Bible says we are praying the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God. You ever been in depression and you don't know why you're depressed? Pray in other tongues. It'll help that because it knows why you're depressed. But we got people, you know, it's funny. They're all loud, but when they pray in tongues, they're, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Let's pray. What is that? What is that? You're making it weird. It's not weird. You're making it weird. But you know why we do these things, guys? Can I help you? Because we don't know the word. We don't know the word that it says. It, the spirit creates intercession through you with words that cannot be uttered. And when you know the word, you pray with confidence. And when you know the word, you know it's working and you can do it longer than 30 seconds. Most of us pray at home. You pray in your car. You go 30 seconds because after that, your mind kicks in and goes, this ain't doing nothing. Man, I challenge you if you're in a dark season. You know what you know will help you? Help still your mind. Put on a worship song. And until that worship song is done, pray in tongues through the whole thing. Just pray in the spirit. When you're struggling, it's dark, you're depressed, pray in the spirit. And then after you're done, you're still feeling that way, call somebody and get some godly counsel. And you'll leave that depression. It'll just be a matter of time. Because what the enemy wants is he wants isolation. Amen. He wants isolation. Is this helping anybody today? I'm trying to get you a miracle. I'm trying to get you a miracle. I'm trying to help you not freak out when you go through dark times. Tell your neighbor dark times are coming. So what are ingredients for miracles? Things that we don't see like impossible situations and dark seasons. Dark seasons are tough, but you got to go through them. And when you go through, and what do we read in Romans? On the other side of that dark season is an amazing amount of glory. Some of you single people, if you can make it through this season, she's waiting on the other side. He's waiting on the other side. If you can make it through this dark season, there's glory for you. But here's the problem with some of y'all. You can't wait. So guess what you do? You make dumb decisions. And some of you, ooh, got to say it. Can I say it? Some of you are dating a dumb decision. Can I get security on the way out here? <laughs> we make dumb decisions without godly counsel in dark seasons. And then I got to sit in front of you five years down the road when you want to divorce him, when you want to divorce her. You know what else happens in, in dark decisions? We go back to our old ways. If you're a single and you're not married, did you know the Bible says to abstain from sexual behavior? That's what it says. That's not what the world says. That's what God says. Amen? In a dark season, 
you'll feel so bad about yourself that you'll be willing to give that part up and sleep with somebody because you think those old ways are going to bring you out of a dark season. Can I just tell you? It ain't going to happen. It's going to complicate that dark season. It's going to make things worse. But if you could just pray, if you could get some godly counsel, you're going to get out of that dark season. And why can't you do it? Get over yourself. We all need help. Amen? We all need help. There ain't nothing wrong with saying, man, I've been depressed. I'm going through it. What's so bad about that? What is so bad about asking for help that you will continue to just be in a dark season and try to deal with it on your own? Because here's the thing. If you're in darkness, understand how darkness works. You can't see properly. So when somebody's in the dark, find somebody who is not in the dark to guide you out of the dark. And don't get mad at them when they point out the darkness that you're in. That's the thing we don't want to do. We don't want anybody pointing out our darkness. But I'm going to tell you right now, the miracle's on the other side of this dark season. Now, mixing a dark season with prayer is always going to produce something amazing. You want to know why? Because you're in a posture to receive. That's why some of the things, I've heard people say this, hey, the, 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 the greatest thing that ever happened to me is when I went to jail. That sounds like a weird statement. They say, no, I'm so glad that I got locked up because it was there that I realized I needed Jesus. A dark season. Addicts will tell you, man, I'm, the best thing that happened to me was I hit my rock bottom. Because it was there I realized I don't know what I'm doing. I got to listen to somebody. When I went through that dark season in Gainesville, it drove me to my face. I prayed more than I had prayed in a long time. I fasted. I, 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 I sought godly counsel. And you know what God gave me out of that season? I'll never forget it. I've told this story before. I was just frustrated after I was praying and praying, still frustrated. We had got counsel. People had spoke into us and were helping us through it. My wife and I were sitting at the kitchen table of our house. And I said to her, babe, I don't know what's going on. And out of her frustration, she said, man, you know what it is? I think God is calling us to go to California and he's going to use us to plant a church in Sacramento. And you know, when she said that, I was in a dark season. The word of God exploded in me. I'll never forget it. I got up. I looked at her. She looked at me like, uh-oh. What did I just say? And I said, I got to go pray. I literally went and ran into my prayer closet. I literally had a closet. It was so big I could pray in it. And I went in there, laid on my face, and that day the clouds parted. It was like, that's it. That's what I needed you to get in this dark season. I wouldn't have got this word to come home without knowing that in a dark season I had to turn to God. Some of you are in a dark season and you're trying to get counsel out of it. You're trying to go to a counselor. You're trying to go to therapy. I'm not against counselors or therapy. Get that. But you know what else you need to be doing? Praying. Listening. God, what are you trying to tell me? Life sucks right now, but I got to find you in this darkness. That dark season produced something so amazing that I'm in right now, and that is Elevate Life Church. That dark season brought my wife and I home so that we could take care of my mom in her last days. It was a dark season that preceded that glory. But thank God I knew to mix a dark season with prayer and counsel. Counsel was the second part. I got the word. I went to my pastor. I said, pastor, this is what God is saying. Because let me tell you something. Don't fear godly counsel. Some of y'all run from it like it's the plague. I walk towards some of you. My wife walks towards some of you. <laughs> and you, you want to know what it is? Most of us just don't want to hear the right things. 
You're not going to break if somebody tells you you're doing something wrong. We're way too fragile. Way too fragile. Everything's always got to be a pat on the back. Sometimes you don't need a pat on the back. You need a pat on the butt. Not like that. I saw you over there. Not like that. Somebody said, amen. No, no, no. I meant like a spanking. Stand on your feet. Did y'all get something today? Let me pray for you today because somebody here is going through a dark season. Father, I just pray right now. I feel your presence here. Musicians, you could come and, and, and help me. I feel your presence here, Lord God. Impossible situations is only the first ingredient. Dark seasons can produce amazing things if we know what to mix it with. And Lord, I know there's some people here as I'm talking about praying in tongues, they've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They've never known what that's like, what that's about. Some of us, Lord, have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we don't use our prayer language. We, we kick it to the side like it's a spare tire, like, you know, if I need it, it's there. But God, when we're going through tough dark seasons. We need you, Lord. Hey, everybody. Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.